0: the theonauts episode 49
1: the one where we have a heap in helping of your hospitality the
0: theonauts podcast christian news from around the globe in the beginning god created the heaven and the earth It is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of kings is to search out a matter. Explore the vast reaches of God's word. Hello, all you Theo communers out there. I'm David (laughs) Gaddy. And I'm Jeremiah Orr. And together we are the 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 Theonauts.
1: Hey, man, how you been?
0: I'm doing good. How's
1: everything going? Awesome, awesome. Just uh, chilling like a villain.
0: You know, we never really say like, oh man, it's been a horrible week. No, we don't. Like, how you doing? <laughs> oh, it's just tor- terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm horrible. It's, I, but you know what? Normally, just kill me. <laughs> <it is>. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> my dog died. Wrecked <laughs> my car. I've had a completely non-eventful week. Yeah, mean too. I mean I didn't, didn't do much this weekend. Kinda hung out here at the coffee shop, worked on a sign. Oh, I got a truck. That's, oh, that's, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, that's a blessing.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm a I'm a true Texan through and through and through. Now I have two trucks. Can wow. You know when I moved here I was like, I'm the only guy here without a truck. I was driving this little Hyundai accent. Yeah. And I really believe that I was the only man in in this town that did not own a truck. That did not drive a truck.
0: Oh, I don't oh. own a truck.
1: Oh well. Yeah, you do.
0: <laughs> no. Well, uh, yeah, this one down here. Yeah. I, uh that didn't really didn't count. <laughs> I guess not. Anyway, it's not even it's, it doesn't I even have two. tags on it. <laughs>
1: that's true. <laughs> <laughs> but now I own two. So I feel really, you know, Texan now. Yeah. It's okay. Nice. Well
0: that's good. Yeah. You need to feel more Texan and less Oklahoman. Yeah, well, I
1: am putting an OU sticker on. Well, ah. I already have it on one truck. I'll put it on the other one too. <laughs> Boomer Sooner. Anyways, so <laughs> so anyways, uh, Comic Con's coming up. I'm excited about that.
0: Yes, it is. Yeah, uh, I'm you, not going to be able to make it this time.
1: You know what I found out? What's there is it? a guy in our church. Who has a sp- amazing Spider-Man number one?
0: Wow! Yeah,
1: <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, just come up." I collected it when I was a kid, you know, seven years old. And I'm like, "Wow, that's awesome!" So it's like pristine condition. Yeah. So uh, okay,
0: so wait, you said amazing. Spider-Man? Amazing Spider-Man number or, one. No, spectacular Spider-Man, or Spectacular Spider-Man. Not Spectacular. Spider-Man. No. This or was, Spider-Man 2099.
1: This was the second appearance ever of Spider-Man in a comic book. Okay. The so after of,
0: Amazing Fantasy. After Amazing 15. Fantasy 15. That's see, right. Yeah. See? I'm, I know my Spider-Man. You do.
1: You do. <laughs> so do you know what happens in Amazing Spider-Man 700? No. He dies. What? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but he's already been brought back to life Of course Oh yeah You know that's just a simple trope In all comic books yes. They die and they come back to life die Happened go. to Superman Yeah it does It happened to Batman Superman Well all...
0: Batman broke his back He didn't really actually die Right
1: No he's de- he's died once or twice He br- he got brought back by Ra's al Ghul uh, And they brought Robin back by Ra's al Ghul too
0: That's DC Comics so, uh... Exactly
1: But you know and Wolverine just died Deadpool just died So uh
0: but Chewbacca died. I've
1: read this really interesting uh, <laughs> article from this comic writer. He's like, you know, this is really a really, when I write these, I, I see Jesus all over them. And this is one of the tropes is that, you know, these
0: die heroes he comes
1: die and come back. And that's self-sacrifice. Yeah. Only. I mean, it's it's just the story. It has to happen. Yeah. it's Before yeah. your
0: hero is. A hero. Yeah. Truly a
1: hero. Luke gets his arm cu- or hand cut off and then comes
0: back right yeah
1: yeah it's pretty awesome han solo oh speaking in-
0: of star wars the new trailer <laughs> yeah i was geeking out over that <laughs>
1: it's so awesome <laughs> my favorite though is watching matthew mcconaughey's reaction did you see that it was yeah, so funny clips from interstellar yeah. like <laughs> put it together he's like <gasps> and crying and all this so great. Yeah, cool. Yeah, so that's what we have to talk about. You want to find out what's awesome. in the news? I do. <laughs> and now, the news. First up, why don't we do the Tebow? Yes. <laughs> Did you hear about this?
0: No, go ahead.
1: He, uh, he just got picked up by the Philadelphia Eagles. Really? Yeah, after a year of hiatus not playing football, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles are like, hey, we'll take you. So now he's in an Eagles uniform. He's like the third or fourth uh, string quarterback. Wow. Yeah. And so he's excited about that. You know, he went on uh, ESPN for a while and all that. Yeah. But he's he's so famous. <laughs> he trademarked his, uh you know. His pose. Yeah, the T-bow, which is <laughs> the kneeling down and praying. He's like, it's the greatest thing ever. So anyways. So, uh, yeah, he's expected to. uh at least play a couple games. Preseason will be fun for him, at least. But he's only signed on for one year contract, so we'll see what happens. But I doubt, um, I doubt much will happen with him. But you know mm. what? It's good for him. Good, good job, Tim. Yeah, he, he's a solid Christian guy. He's never backed down from his faith. He's yeah. always made his faith. And public. you
0: would think, you with all the bad press, you know, he either he would shut up or something. But, right, but he has. Stuck to his guns. You
1: know, really, when you think about it, if anybody could be quote-unquote persecuted in, in America today for being a Christian,
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: he would be right up there because, man, he has really gotten a lot of flack for what he believes and what he does. Yeah,
0: anytime the media gets a hold of it and starts tearing you apart, that's pretty hard.
1: Yeah, you imagine. But he's a good guy, so I'm I'm glad for him. Uh, uh, that's pretty awesome. Uh, Tennessee Senate. Kills the bill to make the Bible the state official book.
0: Oh, of course. Can't yeah. have that. No, they... Uh, Let's make it the Quran. Right.
1: They wanted Tennessee uh, put a bill <laughs> in place to have the Bible become the the uh, the state book. The Tennessee Senate voted 22
0: 9. Why do nine. we need a state book anyway?
1: I, I don't know. We got a it? state flower. I
0: don't know. What is it with all that? Have you ever really thought about that? Well, we have...
1: I mean, the sunflower we is really need, important to
0: Kansas. Do we need state flowers and state birds and state all this stuff?
1: Well, okay. Uh, here's my argument for it, though. You're driving in the car and you look in the ditch and what do you see? Blue bonnets. Right, it makes you right. think of the great state of Texas, right? And when, it, for me... Being somebody who's traveled abroad, like I've you know I've lived in different states all over yeah. the United States.
0: That's traveling abroad
1: for me. It is <laughs> traveling out of state. I I, um, I got what you mean. When I was eighteen, I packed up and I left, and I didn't look back until you know I I actually haven't lived back in Kansas. Mm-hmm. But every time I hit Kansas, not
0: in Kansas anymore, and I
1: see those sunflowers, my heart does a little skip and a jump. I'm back in my. Home home state. Yeah. It's nice. And I believe We're home chewy. Yeah, exactly. We're <laughs> home chewy. That's, <laughs> that's my chewy voice. <laughs> Anyways, so yeah, I that's the reason you know I see a buffalo and I think Kansas. I see a scissor tail and I think Oklahoma. Really? Yeah. You think that? Yeah. That's,
0: I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know a scissor tail had anything to do with Oklahoma. It's the state so, bird.
1: I shot always. one whenever I was eight. <laughs> I- and my dad got well, think, all on me See, I think
0: Texas I think we're the mockingbird Is that the state bird? That would make sense I, I have no idea Because <laughs> we were going to mock you Exactly, we're Texas You ain't Texas <laughs> Anyways Hey, we got our republic We don't need all that other that's stuff true, That's right, that's <laughs> right
1: We could be totally independent if we want to Somebody told me, we, you know Texas, We actually fought for our independence
0: yeah. What did y'all do? Nothing Who was it that told me? <laughs> Texas.
1: Meredith. Meredith told me Texas had the only uh was the only state that had their own power grid. Every other state shared the power grids. So we could be totally independent. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> no, I'm joking. I'll play it with you, Meredith. Don't chill out. Yeah. Don't All me.
0: our New York listeners are totally bored at this point. Oh
1: yeah. They're like, Why are you talking about Texas? Right. <laughs> Knock it off. Okay, anyway, so uh yeah, so Tennessee, going back to the news. Okay. Wow, that took a really Left turn. Tennessee uh, voted 22 to 9 to send the bill seeking to make the Bible the official book of the state to a committee, a move that will effectively kill the proposal that was passed by the local House of Representatives. So sorry, Tennessee, your state book is not the Bible. Sad day, sad day. And uh, I got one more uh, report. This is from Element Magazine, and this is a, a really good article. America is not. The Future of the Church is the article. Okay. What it says. um, Based on research, um, in 1900, Europe and North America housed 82% of Christians worldwide. By 2010, just 38% of professed Christians uh, live on these two continents, Mm -hmm. and that's declining. Uh, By 2050, that projected figure is a mere 27%. Wow. 27% of Christians in America and
0: Europe where Well, is that ascribed to uh the Christian population declining in the western in these western continents or is it uh that it's increasing in third world countries and that sort of thing?
1: Uh I think both I really do. Uh there's a lot of uh in the last like the last polls we did there's a ton of nuns or in other words, I have no no religion, none religion, or nuns. not particularly looking, <laughs> nuns. say a lot of nuns. I was nuns. thinking
0: Catholics. I was like, what? Well, <laughs> I was like, man, everyone's being nuns. Each, <laughs> it says each... Six,
1: nice, nice. Hey, stay on target, okay? okay. Each... I'm joking. <laughs> nuns. Each successive generation is increasingly unchurched, and half of our congregations aren't growing at all. Only 20% of us are sitting in a pew on any given Joshua
0: was a son of a nun.
1: He was. He was. That's right. Did you hear me? Twenty yeah. percent <laughs> of us are sitting in the pew on any given Sunday. That's horrible. Yeah, it's terrible. Yep. So the question is then, where is the the hub of Christianity? And you you said it right. Actually, the global South mm-hmm. uh, is the hub now. Uh, sou- uh, south South a- America, uh, Asia, Africa, and Latin America. South America. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, th- those those countries are booming, man. Right. A lot of Christian converts. Uh, so. It's kind of scary, but you know what?
0: Well, is it scary that the whole world is starting to hear the gospel? I mean, <laughs> it's scary for us because we're all about us. But <laughs> yeah.
1: You know, one of the things that I like about this article, he makes these statements about why. And one of the things, our interchurch arguments aren't actually that important. In a rapidly expanding charismatic churches in Africa, the whole John Piper versus Rob Bell cannuffle never even registered. Of course. So, you know, that right. kind of stuff is just like, whatever, that's the, and That's
0: what we're seeing in Haiti. Oh, I and mean, yeah. we go down there, like, yes, in Port au Prince, there are denominational signs, you know, up right. and whatever, but the little churches in Mergé, they're like, they don't have a denominational uh, affiliation right. at all. I mean, right. there's like, Like the one that, that pastor junior is at is the door says the blood of Christ. Pow, pow, pow,
1: (laughs) pow. Like, yeah, (laughs) woo blood of Christ, (laughs) pow. I mean, there is power in that blood. So that's awesome, man. Praise the Lord for that. So, you know, in a lot of ways, Christianity is reauthenticating itself, Mm -hmm. which is really cool. Interesting. And really sad for us. Here, but you know what, we are a mission field now, so that's what we got to do. As it should be. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, that's pretty much what I got in the news. All right then.
0: Uh. Theo Trivia. <laughs>
1: Thank you, Wormwood. Thank this, you. It
0: all comes down to this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm winning You are winning Oh I'm winning You're winning I'm going to
1: stay winning
0: And we'll see how it goes Exactly Okay so I go first right Yeah you I, am, go first. I am on uh, New Testament So I'm the second to the last question And you are on the last question So go ahead hit me with a New Testament question
1: This might be tough Okay What prophet bound his feet and hands with Paul's belt And warned Paul of certain imprisonment in Jerusalem <laughs>
0: Okay, I've got to think about this one still. Okay. <laughs> he bound Paul's with a he bound Paul with a belt. Let me right? Yeah, let me see again. Um,
1: no, he bound his feet and hands okay. with Paul's belt. Okay. And warn Paul of a certain imprisonment in
0: Jerusalem. Uh, okay. Um are impending
1: in
0: I I'm I
1: didn't even remember this story. It's kinda of weird. I'm guessing so obscure. I'm guessing Timothy. Nope. Ah. Agabus. Agabus. Okay. In Acts two. Oh no, Acts twenty one, ten through eleven. Okay, gotcha. I don't even know what that's referring to. I've never... I'll have to go back and read
0: that. Yeah. So, yeah, I know that when he left Ephesus, they were all, like, bummed. Don't go to Jerusalem. Don't go to Jerusalem. you're going to get... And I don't know, that that may be where this is happening, because it was the last he was just going to see those brothers. Right. And they, like, cried, and and they had this big whoop de doo whenever he left. Right. And it was all about... They all knew he was going to get arrested in Jerusalem. Right. And so I figured that probably is the time frame of that... So, and I knew Timothy was in a, in Ephesus. So, okay. So I am on. You are on words. It's okay. the last one, and it's basically these questions usually dwell around filling in the blank or something like that, right? And and it's all King James language.
1: Awesome, so. awesome. Because you know I memorized scripture <laughs> in King James. Okay. Okay.
0: So here we go. Uh, complete the following verse. The instruction of Jesus. Oh, come on. Go ye, therefore, and teach all nations. Oh, you want me at, Yeah, go ahead.
1: Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to deserve all things, and lo,
0: I'm with you always,
1: even to the end of the age. <laughs> Close <laughs>
0: enough. Oh, did I miss anything? <laughs> well, there? just some, of the, like, it was Holy Ghost, not Holy Spirit, but... Oh. It yeah. <laughs> doesn't matter. King you got Jimmy. it. Woo! Yeah. You <laughs> are the winner. Well,
1: you know what? It's so. Oh, I, give me a
0: chance to tie.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got two too. Uh, uh, so here we go. All right. Okay. Your new New Testament. Well, I,
0: I, I can't have a chance to tie, but I can at least get it. Oh,
1: you're on. Yeah, your New Testament. Yeah, I'm still right. New Testament. Oh, Fill in this blank, <laughs> and the word was made blank and dwelt among us.
0: Flesh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Nice. So nice. at least I got a gimme. Yeah. Okay. Give me one more. Okay. What do you want? You want to start back over? Yeah. Let's okay. Do well, over. <laughs> see if you can lap me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Old <laughs> Testament. Absolutely. In which Old Testament book? Do we read the story about the dreams of Joseph? Genesis. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Woo! Genesis thirty-seven. I'm killing it. You man. are killing it. You must have got me the children's version today. Oh no. Okay. Well, let's move on.
1: All right. <laughs> Whoops. Let us observe the Eucharist. Yes.
0: The love feast. Mm,
1: the yes. agape feast. <laughs> the Lord's Supper.
0: Yes. What else can we call it? Uh, communion? communion. Yes. <laughs> Breaking of bread. Yeah. There is a <laughs> lot. Drinking of blood. Wow. No, we tackled not. this topic because of questions that have popped up that we're, right. we'll address in this yes. podcast. But um, the thing that we keep, that, that we were like just going through is like, Wow. How do you get all this in here? Oh,
1: my gosh.
0: I was going through, uh, there is so much to talk about in terms of the history.
1: There's just so much history. And how
0: it's changed, and all the regulations and ordinances that people have held to, transubstantiation, the body of Christ does it become flesh and blood? I mean, does it become grape juice and or wine? And, right. I mean, it got all of this. Uh, there's so much well, that like, you could talk about. It's
1: like opening up a chest and realizing it's bottomless. It's
0: like okay, we're going to talk about the Lord's Supper. Oh, really? <laughs> well, where do you start? Because there's and and now even now the uh, oh, our current traditions of uh, that surround it. Uh, you know there. are plenty of people that do it every week. there's plenty right. of people that do it once a month. there's once a quarter, once a quarter, once a year. Uh, I mean th- wow. th- it's just uh, wow, there is so much to talk about. oh yeah <clears throat> and then we can we could always debate right and wrongs about you know practices and how we do it. <laughs> I don't want to re- really try and get into that I nah. I ma- mainly want us to just kind of look into the, the origin of it and then see how it has been cre- progressed through the years and yeah. then maybe address a few questions that that we have talked about lately.
1: Perfect. So what is the origin of the Eucharist? Should we call it the Eucharist, or what should we, I mean, okay.
0: Uh, I don't know. I've, I've, I'm used to calling it communion more than Communion.
1: Many. I'm used to calling it Lord's Supper.
0: Yeah, so. I've used that quite a bit. <laughs> Eucharist is has been labeled as the Eucharist for, you know, thousands of years. Right. But because of the... Um, the Catholic church primarily, but it was, it was started. That term began way before then. Before. We'll, so we'll get to that. And, right. um but first off, uh, okay, well we know, um, without going through and reading all of the, the, the gospel writings, right. <clears throat> we know that it really, it got its start at the last Passover meal that right. Jesus had with his disciples. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, Obviously, Jesus is having Passover. He tells them, I've desired to have this Passover with you. He he has the full Passover meal. Right. And what we can ascertain... He, he goes
1: into an upper room with his disciples <coughs> that he rents out, has the full Passover meal.
0: Yep, the whole Seder. Yep. They, do, they do everything. And uh, at, during the meal... And I'm guessing after the third cup. That's a pretty good consensus, as most people believe that. Right. On the third cup... Um, He took it and said, uh, well, before that, he took the bread right Right. before the third cup and broke it and said, this is my body, which um, you can take that as this represents my body. This actually is my body. Yeah. (laughs) there's, I mean, there's all kinds of ways you can can look at it, Um, but you could also look at it like he was saying... This has always been my body right this this Passover bread they broke they've broke this bread every year for thousands of years since Moses. So uh, it could be said that he was saying this is always been my body right and uh, because it always was a shadow
1: like my, maybe he's revealing
0: right. Well, so okay yeah. but anyway however it is he says this is my body take and eat it in remembrance of me and he does the same thing with the third cup he takes that he he drinks it. he says drink ye all of this in the king james meaning all of you uh drink this and um <clears throat> this is my this is the new testament in my blood right okay so um same thing either this has always been the new testament In my blood, it's just been concealed, and now it's being revealed. Right. Or this is um, actual blood of mine that gets (laughs) formed in the glass. Or it's a symbol. (laughs) Or it's a symbol. So uh, depending on who you are as to how you understand all that. Yeah. So um, I think most of us, if we're Christians, we kind of get this. We, I mean, we all have a tradition of some sort around this remembrance. Right. We uh, and most of us see it as a pretty important thing. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so this is about remembering Jesus's death and his suffering and all this sort. Okay. I want to make take our our main reading from first Corinthians 11. Yes. Because we get more information about how and why and all that sort of thing when Paul is addressing the Corinthians about how they've messed it up right (laughs) and it's also going to lead up to some of the questions that we have been talking about as of late and uh some of the the questions that we want to address in this 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 topic um but I'm, i'm going to read it in the good old traditional king james version um mainly because Throughout history, this has been the primarily way it's been read. Right. And so a lot of the understanding of it comes from some of the language that's in this translation. That's good. Okay, so let's start with verse... I have all the parallels, so I can... Okay, so um, let's start in verse... 17. 17. It says, Now in this that I declare unto you, I praise you not, that ye come together, not for the better, but for the worst. For first of all... When ye come together in the church, I hear that there be divisions among you, and I partly believe it, for there must be also heresies among you, that they which are approved may be made manifest among you. When ye come together, therefore, into one place, this is not to eat the Lord's Supper. Mm. For in eating, everyone taketh before other his own supper, and one is hungry, and another is drunken. What? Have ye not houses to eat and drink in? Or despise ye the church of God, and shame them that have not? What shall I say unto you? Shall I praise you in this? I praise you not. For I have received of the Lord, that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he brake it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. After the same manner, he also took the cup, which he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood, this do ye as oft as ye drink it, in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the blood and our body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself. And so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should should not be condemned within the world." Wherefore, my brethren, when ye come together to eat, tarry one for another, and if any man hunger, let him eat at home, that ye come not together unto condemnation, and the rest will I set in order when I come. Okay? We didn't get um, part two, (laughs) because we we don't know what Paul told him whenever he got there. Right. But uh, this is in a nutshell... Uh, a lot of where doctrine around exactly the communion, Lord's supper, all right. this comes from, right. and many different understandings of this, especially that there near the bottom where it talks about eating and drinking uh, worthily, and eating and drinking damnation to your soul, and people being sick and dying because of it, um, mm-hmm. and about not being condemned, tarrying one for another. Uh, if you're hungry, stay at home or whatever. There's all these all these things. Right. So, before we get into all that, though, why don't we talk about the progression that this has had. Okay. Um, <clears throat> first thing, we, uh, if we look very early, most scholars tend to think that very, very early on, uh, this communion, this, this Lord's Supper, was part of a bigger thing called agape feast. Right. Love feast. And that... Um, uh, if we look in Acts two, whenever they're first converting, it says they went from house to out house, breaking bread yeah. and praying and and being with one another, and so this is kind of an indication that they may have been having communion uh, at that point. Right. There are a lot of of writings going way back, uh, even even the New Testament in places uh, refers to. Um, these feasts. Right. It's kind of it's kind of uh, vague, but let me read a couple of them here. Second uh, Peter two verse thirteen says uh, he's talking about um, false teachers coming mm-hmm. in among you, but he says they are spots and blemishes, carousing in their own deceptions while they feast with you. Okay, so he uses this word right feasting, and in Jude uh 12 verse 12 he's also talking about the same type of thing that you've got false people in the, right. in the church and he says these are spots in your love feast while they feast with you without fear okay right. so um here the word love feast is together i mean it's it, it's it's actually in there talking about this this communal um meal and uh, it appears that if we read a lot of these um, writings from early Christians, we start to see that this was primarily what was happening. There was a a meal that would happen more than just once a week, right where Christians come together, they wash each other's feet, they have a communal meal together, they observe, the ordinances of the or the sacraments, or however you want to phrase them, right. of uh, bread and wine, and most of the time with the wine mingled with water, um, and so we'll talk about that a little bit here. Well, um, if the
1: the way I see this happening, and I, I guess from from what I've been reading, yeah, what you're talking about basically what happens is Jesus transforms. The Passover feast into a remembrance of him. Right. Right. And they take this Passover feast. So we have primitive Christians from the uh, first century. This is 100, 100 AD, you know, from 40 to 100 AD, 160 mm-hmm. AD, um, who are taking this and making it. So they're going, okay, so what, what are we going to do with this ordinance? I guess we're going to, you know, we're going to make this into a love feast. So they take from the passover it becomes something completely different because they they've changed the meaning of the passover to a love feast okay and it's it's uh so basically what they do is they they all come together uh, acts 2
0: mm-hmm. reminds
1: me of the love feast right because in acts 2 you read that they they came together they had everything in common um and basically they lived together they commune yeah. together
0: they And that word that it actually uses they broke bread from house to house that word, breaking bread, is often used in the Scripture as both common meal and communion. Communion, that's right. So um, like in Acts 20, verse uh, 6 and 7, it talks about there, it says, upon the first day of the week when they came together to break bread, right. uh, there's always this dispute about what was going on. Um, I've, I've even seen that Jewish uh, Christians claiming that that is a Passover meal. Because the, right. because verse 6 says, when the days of unleavened bread were passed upon the first day of the week when they came together to break bread. Right. So it makes it sound like, you know, there's a Seder that happens at the end of, of Passover. Right. And so... Uh, they say, "Well, that was the pa- that was the Passover seder." Yeah, it's talking so,
1: about Passover seder, right. so they never stopped doing the Passover seder. Yeah, is what o- they
0: others will read it and say, "Oh, upon the first day of the week, we're supposed to break bread, we're supposed to have mm-hmm. communion." Right. Um, so there's all kinds of different again, you know, this is
1: Very muddled, and by by, but what we know is by about 100 160 AD, they were commonly meeting together and holding these agape or love feasts, mm-hmm. where they weren't just doing. The ordinances, which is you know the breaking the bread, the drinking of the cup, they were feasting together, yes, right? And then, yes. uh, and then they would usually do the ordinance uh, during it, right? And
0: so, um, but it got out of hand, of course. Well, yes, and and that's what is that's what Paul is writing to the Corinthians about. And with that mindset, it makes it makes more sense, really, because it, it it's not too hard when you're when you're when the the tradition is. To have a meal and then have communion it's it doesn't it's not so hard for you to get to the point where you, you forget the reason you forget the it. reason you're doing it and you're well, partying
1: yeah you think about you think about the uh the uh, parties we have for our holidays Thanksgiving is a great example oh, to me yeah
0: Which was It was supposed to have one meaning Right And it's and totally turns, turned into something yeah, different It turns into gluttony and football
1: Stuffing ourselves full of chicken <laughs> And watching football so.
0: But but if we look at I want to read a few uh, writings From early Christians uh, Clement of Alexandria yeah. Talking about the love feast He says Some speaking with unbridled tongue Dare to apply the name agape To pitiful suppers <laughs> redolent of savor and sauces the supper is made for love but the supper is not love so in other words just because you put the label love feast on it doesn't make it a love feast right and so that was what he was was griping about um a tertullian man he wrote a lot about this um he says uh, you romans attack also our humble feast on the grounds that they are extravagant as well as infamously wicked you make it seem that, that the saying of Diogenes applies to us, which is, the people of Megara feast as though they were going to die tomorrow. <laughs> wow. yet, yet you make a great ado about the modest supper room of the Christians. Our feast explains itself by its name. The Greeks call it agape, love. Whatever the meal costs, our outlay in the name of piety is gain for we aid the needy with the good things of the feast. Right. Um, and then he goes on and on about how it actually happens. He talks about uh, that they, they recline at, at uh, the table, and it says then they, the, um, the participants talk as though, as those who know that the Lord is one of their hearers. After washing their hands and bringing in of lights, each is asked to stand forth and sing as he can a hymn to God either one from the Holy Scriptures or one of his own composing. This is proof that the temperate measure of our drinking, (laughs) this is proof of the temperate measure of our drinking. Just as the feast began with prayer, so it is closed with a prayer. We depart from the feast, not like troops of doers, but as ones who have much care for our modesty and chastity, uh, as though we have been at school of virtue rather than a banquet. Okay, so here is Tertullian giving us this detail about how these love feasts work. Oh, yeah. Now, this was written in 197 AD. So, But there's all kinds of... There's a writing in 205 from uh, a a writing called The Passion of of Perpetua and Felicitas. And it says, In that last meal, which they call the free meal, they were partaking as far as they could not of a free supper, but of an agape. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is where the, uh, the focus on this thing being a, a communal meal that was to honor God, um, but it appears that what happened was so many people were abusing it, and these people were talking about it here, right. like just Tertullian defending it right. and saying, oh, you're, you're, you're saying that we're partying. We're not partying. We're honoring God in it. Apparently, this just became so much of a big deal that it stopped. Right,
1: they stopped doing it. In fact, what they did was the the early church fathers went, okay, we've gotta, we gotta put a cap on this because all they're doing is partying. Um, so we're going to set boundaries or set laws for this ordinance to make mm-hmm. sure it's done in the right way, quote unquote. Okay? Right, right. So it became this big legalistic thing. Um, I had to dedicate. Pulled up here, uh, which yeah. is one of the earliest writings about the Eucharist, right. um, and giving instructions on the Eucharist. And they give they devoted uh, the entire chapter. Not now, the Didache, uh is an apocryphal, or is a uh, what's it called? A um, it's, uh, it's one of the writings, an- anti-Nicene the, writing. Yeah, the anti-Nicene fathers. So it's a uh, it's around two hundred. Uh, A.D. is when this is, and they attribute it to the teaching of the Twelve Apostles, okay? Mm-hmm. So it starts out, and it just basically is how to live the Christian life. And uh, uh, the second part of it is on the rituals, the first baptism.
0: Well, well Data means... Uh, teaching, doctrine. It's the word doctrine in the Scripture, one of the words in the Scripture that the word doctrine comes from. Right.
1: So the second part of it is uh, the rituals, baptism, fasting, and then the Eucharist. And and this is what they say. Now, concerning the Eucharist, give thanks this way. First, concerning the cup, we thank thee, our Father, for the holy vine of David, thy servant, which thou madest known to us through Jesus. I mean, so they give the actual prayer you're supposed to pray, okay? <laughs> right. Then, concerning the broken bread, we thank thee, our Father, for the life of the knowledge that thou hast made us known through Jesus thy servant. So that he gives us, okay. Um, it basically describes uh, the full-on ritual um, and, and how, how to do it. First, uh, the... Uh, the uh, uh um the bishop needs to be there and the bishop's the one that hands it out mm-hmm. to the deacons and the deacons are the one that hand it out to the the general church and and it has to be done in this order if it's not done in this order it's taken wrongly and right. uh, so you got to be careful and so all this
0: legalistic stuff well you up. can see it moving from and a lot of this and it, when you read the writings about the eucharist in by these guys you start to see they use this First Corinthians 11 passage that we read right. as reason for moving it away from a common meal and moving it into a formal sacrament, right. moving it into a, a ritual. Right. And um, so they use this stuff because Paul did say, what, do you not have houses to eat in? Exactly. If you're hungry, eat at home. He does say those type of things, but uh, was he condemning the meal or was he condemning their attitude in the meal? Right, and because it says they were bringing their own food, and they were, uh, some people were eating, and 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 while the others were showing up and then going hungry because there wasn't enough food. So there was a. It wasn't just that they were having a meal; that there was a problem in the way they were. Handling it. Right. And the way that they, they what their mindset was. Okay, so let's talk about this word Eucharist. Yes. The Eucharist is a biblical word. Right. It means, it is Greek, it comes from the Greek word Eucharista, which means Thanksgiving. It right. comes right out of Jesus's mouth whenever it says, and when he had given thanks, that's Eucharista. Right. And so uh, that's that's why this term is affiliated with the Lord's Supper. Right. And, and so... Uh, the, this, the, it moved from being just a love celebration to being a sacrament and being um, being something that was a little bit... It had to be administered properly. Yeah. It had to be... Uh, th- there was all kinds of of talk at this point about uh, transmutation, transubstantiation. Oh, man. Which, if those words are it confusing... It a big
1: thing. And most of... It, it's crazy. Like, uh, just a martyr, for example. Mm-hmm. And this is one of, one, you know, 150 AD, he writes on the Eucharist uh, in his first, uh, the first apology. Uh-huh. And he, he talks about, we do not consume the Eucharistic bread and wine as if it were an ordinary food or drink. For we have been taught that as Jesus Christ, our Savior, became a man of flesh and blood by the power of the word of God. So also the food that our flesh and blood assimilates. For its nourishment becomes the flesh and blood of the incarnate Jesus by the power of His own words contained in the prayer of Thanksgiving.
0: Okay, wow. So at this point, even this idea of transmutation or transubstantiation, whichever term you want to put on it, right, it, it starts becoming doctrine. It starts becoming okay. This is not just bread. Yeah. It's and and um, one of the things that um, I guess Irenaeus he didn't actually say. Um that it was the actual flesh and blood in this passage, but he alludes to the fact that something merely of earth cannot contain spirituality right and uh, and we know that the Lord's Supper is a spiritual thing, so therefore it must have to transform in some way. right uh, He says, if the Lord belonged to another father, how could he with any justice, have acknowledged the bread to be his body and declared the mixed cup to be his blood while he took it from that creation to which we from which we belong yeah so he's trying to make this argument that this is a spiritual thing therefore it can't be made of the earth right um,
1: but you know what I see happening uh, so Ignatius of Antioch these these are early statements 106 Ignatius of Antioch says I desire the bread of God which is the flesh of Jesus Christ, okay? And then you mm-hmm. have, uh, uh, you have other people, the martyr who says that, you know it's the flesh. Eighty uh, two hundred taking bread and distributing it to his disciples, he made it known by his own saying, "This is my body." That is a figure of my body. On the other hand, uh, those would not have been a figure unless it was the true body. So, in other words. You see this doctrine taking shape, but I think what's happening is by three hundred a d this doctrine is they're taking everything so literal mm-hmm. that and this is a really good point about taking scripture every piece of scripture literally
0: Re- removing any metaphor or shadow or type or exact
1: representation these guys they're like okay so if Ignatius said it and you know and back here we have Jesus's own words take eat this is my body take drink this is my blood it has to become the body and blood
0: right yeah well because Jesus said even before he instituted right this in John 6 he says you must Un- unless you eat my flesh yeah. and drink my blood you cannot you cannot be part of me. Right. So, <laughs> so they took at, that as very literal. Yeah. And it, and that is going to play into some of the other ideas and writings. Oh yeah. That, that we run into on this. Um, uh, you were talking about the, uh, the water. Yes, they do. That was something that they also did. Yeah. That, well, they mixed water with the wine. Right. This started becoming a regular practice for two reasons. One, it diluted the wine right. so that you weren't like getting drunk on it. <laughs> Or so much. Right. <laughs> but but the second reason was because it more it, it mirrored the fact that when Jesus side was pierced, water and blood flew flowed out of it. Water is also a symbol of the spirit. So you have the spirit and the blood mingled together. Okay, so it makes sense. I kind of see where they got it. It's just kind of weird that they introduced it because some of these writings, you will see them say things like, if Jesus didn't actually say it or do it at the Lord's Supper on the last meal, we can't touch it or we can't do it. But yet they're adding water to the wine. Um, Right. So, but yeah, yeah, here is a writing by Clement of Alexandria. This is in 195 A.D., He said, to drink the blood of Jesus is to become partaker of the Lord's immortality. As wine is blended with water, so is the spirit with man. And the mixture of both, of the water and of the word, is called Eucharist, (laughs) renowned and glorious grace. Those who by faith partake of it are sanctified both in body and soul. Okay, so here's one thing that I see happening. It's moving away from this do in remembrance of me, and it's moving into do this in order to have an immortal soul. Right,
1: yeah. St. Ambrose, I see something else. How is it that you assert that I receive the body of Christ? Let us prove that it is not what nature made, but what the blessing consecrated and the power of blessing is greater than that of nature because by blessing nature itself is changed for that sacrament which you received is made what it is by the word of christ okay so in other words it has to be i have to partake of the body of christ that's what he said yes. in john six
0: when the minute you stop eating the sacrament Blam. Right. And so
1: somebody was excommunicated from the church, Mm -hmm. and it was basically
0: a a death sentence. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Check this out. This is uh, Cyprian, and he wrote this in 250 AD. And this is like, uh, I've got like three quotes by him, but they're so rich, I've got to read them.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Okay. So listen, he says, uh, returning, he's talking about people who are hypocritical. He says, returning from the altars of the devil, they draw near to the holy place of the Lord. (laughs) With wow. jaws still breathing from their crime. Whoa. They intrude on the body of the Lord. All these warnings are scorned and disdained. They do mm-hmm. violence to the holy body and blood. Wow. Okay, so th- what this is saying is if you're sinful, you can't partake of right. this this body and blood because you're doing violence unto it. Yeah. This is kind of forgetting the point, and we'll get into this a little bit more later, that that you know what, whether or not you were at the altar of the devil, whatever that meant, I'm sure that just meant sinful activities. Yeah. In, in in this this context, uh, with your jaws still breathing from your crime, um, <sighs> if whoa, if if uh, that we have all got those, our jaws are breathing from our crimes every single minute of the day. That's right. I mean, we are filled with with sin. Yeah. All the time, and and. We we want to relegate it to uh, certain activities. Well,
1: I want to go back to 1 Corinthians 11 for a second, looking at that. Okay. If that's saying that. Um, uh, 1 Corinthians 11, and really right after he gives the instruction about the Lord's Supper, and then he talks about taking in a worthy manner. Yeah. Um, he says, if we properly evaluate, and this is the Holman. I like the Holman. This version of this, verse 31. Mm-hmm. Uh, the King James says, if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. Right. In um, verse 31 of the Holman, it says, if we were properly evaluating ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are disciplined by the Lord so that we may not be condemned with the w- world. When you properly evaluate yourself, what do you come up with? Your wantonness. Exactly.
0: Your, your, That's the whole point. Yeah, you need to come to a place where you're... <laughs> But before we dive too much more into that, okay, sorry, okay, let, let's let, because I do want to get to there's a lot that we can talk about on that whole thing. Yeah, um, let's talk about uh, I want to read a couple more things that are in this mindset, sure, because it gets crazier. Um, Cyprian said, He says that whoever will eat of his bread will live forever. So it is clear that those who partake of his body and receive the Eucharist by the rite of communion are living. On the other hand, we must fear and pray lest anyone who is separate from Christ's body, being barred from communion, should remain at a distance from salvation. Hmm. For he himself warns and says, unless you eat of the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Okay, so he quotes Jesus in John 6, and he's basically saying here, so if I bar you from communion... Or whatever then you're not going to be able to have salvation anymore exactly um it also says here he says um he says the hand must not be spotted with the sword and blood not after the eucharist is carried in so i mean there's there's this on and on and on
1: right and it becomes more and more legalistic, and it becomes more and more just about the fact that you eat this food, and it turns into the body and blood of right. Jesus Christ. Right. And not only that, but then it becomes, okay, so there has to be an order. So, uh, like, um, martyr, uh, martyr says... Justin Martyr. Yeah, uh, so the president...
0: where? Or, or, oh, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, the president has to take it, uh, and then he... Which I would think is referring to an elder. Yeah, the elder. Where did I just or a saw bishop. that? Oh, I miss it. Okay. We hold communion assembly on Sunday because it's the first day of the week, the day in which God put darkness and chaos and flight and created the world, and because on that same day. Okay, so they have to take it on Sunday. They they have it uh, in common, and then, uh, oh, gosh, where does it say that? I missed it.
0: Well, I have a, a quote here by him. It says, Having ended the prayers, we greet one another with a kiss, that there is brought to the president of the brethren is. bread yeah, well a and a cup of wine mixed with water. He, right. he takes them and gives, pra- uh, gives praise and glory to the Father of the universe. And when the president has given thanks, all the people who have expressed their assent, See, those whom we call deacons, give to each of those present the bread and wine mixed with water, over which the thanksgiving was pronounced to partake of. And they carry away a portion to those who are absent. And this food is called among us the Eucharist. And no one is allowed to partake of it, but the one who believes the things which we teach are true and who has been washed with washing, that is from the remission of sins and unto regeneration, and who is living as Christ has commanded. So um, this also gets into what we'll talk about here in a minute, about open and closed Right. Because he closely. talks talks about that too. Sure. So we start to see here this this type of practice continued on through the Catholic uh, practice, right. and up until the time of when Martin Luther and the ref, the reformers right. uh, stepped out and they started doing. Then, as the Protestant movement began to happen, Protestants began to move away some from this sacrament idea and a lot of uh, protestant churches won't use the term eucharist they won't they they now choose to use the word communion, communion or yep. lord's supper uh, the word sacrament is now re- replaced with the word ordinance right you know, so now it's the significance
1: a, there is sacrament was something that you must take in order to be saved ordinance is a commandment given by by Christ
0: right. to us so so uh, the idea there being is moving away from this idea that it saves you. If right, if you're not eating it and drinking it, then you are completely lost. Right, um, and therefore, if you're excommunicated from the church, <laughs> you know you, that gives men the power to right. damn people to hell. Right, um, and so they move away from this, um, and there's a whole lot of other things that that start in like uh, today. You have. Open and closed communions. Uh, different Protestant churches, uh, some have an open communion, uh, some have a closed communion. Right. Meaning, open meaning anybody can partake of it. Uh, we're not picky. Right. Uh, we'll pass the plate to everybody. Uh, closed meaning, unless you are on our membership role or unless you right. uh, have proof that you are who you say you are with a Christ, we won't give you the, right. the communion.
1: Well, it had to be, you know, in, uh, you had to be baptized. Mm-hmm. Number one, which was the washing of water, that's we talked about. Uh, and the other thing, you have to be a believer in order to take communion. And uh, while I don't disagree with that at all, I think that's, I believe that's right. Um, uh, it became this thing where we have to prove that you've been baptized and you're a believer in order for you to take this or, you know, we're doing it wrongly. And not only that, but... uh you know our church can be you know held responsible. So we have churches today that do open and closed
0: right communion. So like, um, and I know you guys are pretty much a closed communion group, right?
1: Well, uh, we don't we don't close it. In other words, we don't tell or we don't kick anybody out, and we allow, well yeah, but
0: you won't pass the plate to we, everybody. right? Yeah, we pass it completely. Oh, do you around? Okay, uh-huh. okay,
1: yeah, we don't. Uh, we don't pick and choose.
0: <laughs> my, my, my tribe's kind of that way too. It's, it's, we're, um, there are some that unless we know who you are or whatever, that they won't pass you communion. Uh, however, my particular congregation, it's just, you walk in the door, we don't know who you are. We're going to still pass the plate
1: right in front of you. And it's on you. Right. Right. Basically is what, you know, our pastor says, he, he gives the guidelines of first Corinthians and says, um, if you take it unworthily, the first, Meaning of that is, you must be saved. If you're if you're not a, a follower of Jesus, don't take it that you don't believe in it, and it's pointless, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is, is you uh, um, you must uh, be uh, at peace with all your brothers here. If oh, you dude, uh, wow. if you're <laughs> arguing with anybody, you need to you know you need to go and. Uh, is it, so he uses Resolve.
0: that, that, that uh, passage in Matthew about if you have anything odd against your brother. Exactly. Go before him and get it strained out before bringing your gift to the altar. Right.
1: Okay. And so we we do that. We give a, a few minutes mm-hmm. of contemplation, prayer, and then we pass it. And okay. So, but, yeah, we pass it everybody.
0: Okay, so let's talk about
1: this whole. I have a great story about that real quick. Okay, go know. ahead. Okay. When well, I was a kid, uh-huh. se- seven years old. Seven, yeah, I uh, I was living in Prague, Oklahoma, and uh, my dad, he's a pastor, and I'd watch this thing go by. We did. We did it once a month. I would to watch this thing go by. All, all my life, I watched this thing go by, and I was never allowed to take it. My parents always told me, you, you don't take this, you know, because I, I hadn't been baptized. I, I hadn't made a profession of faith. Okay. Right. So one one Sunday, I just bound and determined, I'm taking this. So as a plate comes by, Mom's sitting right beside me. the plate <laughs> comes by, I just reach in, and I grab it, and she grabs my hand, and I start fighting her. <laughs> and I break <laughs> free, and I throw it in my mouth, and then she picks me up and carries me out the church and fakes my butt but uh, oh my gosh my dad was so embarrassed by that but yeah that was a <laughs> so was
0: <so it's> like, <laughs> so like oh no my child's going to hell right or he's going to die because he took it wrong
1: but uh, yeah it was, like, it was a crazy thing my dad you know he sent me down he's like son this is the reason why but uh, you know just knock right. it off like you know they were really upset because well, now we're disrespect- kind of the
0: same way you know like if you're a young child you haven't been baptized or whatever um, it's just kind of been an unspoken rule yeah they just don't partake of it right um but it's really strange we're not really hardliners about who partakes of it like i mean if if a stranger wanders in we don't question them we don't i mean right. we, we just pass them the plate right and um um and and so and we with, even without the stipulation that hey now if you <laughs> if you don't do this right, you could right. get sick and die. I mean, right. we don't really do that. <laughs> wow. And and I well, and I don't really, in in I don't really think that it's quite understood that way. In, in the way I understand these pictures, sure. I don't okay. think it's necessarily. Well,
1: yeah, we're going to get to that. I, I, I well,
0: agree let's with let's you go ahead and, that, so. and and dive right into it because okay. uh, this kind of the reason why we were even really talking about this is because yeah. there's this debate started coming about, coming up about. Um, uh, people not partaking of communion right. because I don't feel worthy. Right. And I'd rather, you know, let it go by than die. Right. Well, <laughs> or, hold on. Before
1: we do that, did we really solve the transubstantiation thing?
0: I don't know. If, well, I, I don't know if we solved it. Okay. Uh, did we you? share what, you know,
1: I've got to share with. Okay. What do you got? Well, for me, it's a, uh, to me, it's a ridiculous argument. Mm-hmm. to say that the body and blood turns into the actual I agree or the you know the the cup and the blood it is a symbol that Jesus meant and it, mm-hmm. it was meant to be a metaphor for uh for the body and blood that was really sacrificed and covers us right. for our sins and that's that was his entire point yeah. so if you skip or you miss taking Taking the uh, Lord's Supper or the Communion or whatever you want to call it, you're not doomed to hell. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the truth is, is it, it's a it's a symbol that he wanted his disciples
0: bringing to him remember. into you. That's what it's really about. Yeah. It's about bringing him into you, his flesh and his blood. His these are things that cover us. These are things exactly that that cleanse us from unrighteousness and give him give us his righteousness and all that sort of thing. So that's what he's talking about. He's not talking about the physical. thing here Um, it's it's okay think about it in terms of why is no one saying well whenever you're baptized that water actually turns into dirt because you're being baptized (laughs) Baptized. you're You're being buried yeah you're buried and you're being raised Raised. back up no one's saying that so why are we saying that this communion turns into some sort of physical and the only
1: reason is is it's a misunderstanding because it's a misunderstanding of metaphor and -hmm. we've got to as
0: Figure and speech uh, in general.
1: When we when we read Scripture, we really need to, to read it for, for what it says, not for, uh, you know, so literal like that. Mm-hmm. And this is an argument against the people who are like, I believe in the literal word of God. If it says it, it's true. Right. Well, okay, so you really believe that—let's do a scientific test here. You know, mm. let's have a priest pray over the bread and the cup, <laughs> and then test its substance. Did it turn into flesh <laughs> right. or
0: blood? Well, and well. Besides that, I mean, there are all these passages to talk about. We're covered by His wings, right? Right. Does, does that mean Jesus got feathers? <laughs> no. No. It, I mean, the, the you have to use some common sense, right? In, and um, and so I think, and of course, you know, this I'm not to, to like downplay this. I mean, obviously. Uh, this mentality has existed for a couple thousand years. Well, before <laughs> so,
1: before the other mentality, actually, is right. so, crazy. So this man.
0: mentality has been going around for, right. me, and you know, and it's you know arrogant of me to say, oh, you've been wrong for a thousand years, I guess. But in my understanding, I believe it was wrong. Sure. And um, so I, I do think that Jesus is is uh, talking about this is a memorial. Yes. I mean, it's just like a statue of Abraham Lincoln. There on the Lincoln Memorial, right? That's not really, right? Abraham Lincoln's bones and whatever right. stretched out to be that big. I mean, this is a memorial, exactly, and and so uh, it is a visual and physical representation of a spiritual thing, right? And um,
1: and I believe anybody can do it at any time. That's another thing I I argue against the the whole ritualisticness of yeah. it. You know, I don't need a bishop to pray over my my sacrament or whatever right, it is, right. I can take it in remembrance of Christ anytime. And that's what I do. You know, uh, we, uh, as a youth group have, have taken the Lord's supper together mm-hmm. for communion, you know, just to, to be together and, and to remember yeah. what Christ has but done But it's funny us. the way
0: people think about this sort of thing. I mean, it's just like one time I remember we were at a youth, uh, well, we were at a, a, a big meeting and there was a bunch of, of kids around and we had this one lady wanted to be baptized. Right. So, yeah. We were like, okay, we were, staying, we were all staying at this motel. So we went out, and they had the pool locked. And so we asked the lady at the desk, can we unlock the pool we want to baptize this lady? She was like, you do realize that that's not holy water. <laughs> I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's going to cleanse her just as much as that's holy so water would. <laughs> well, even with uh, baptism, I was
1: reading uh, the, the, the Didache, Mm-hmm. They had rules on that. Uh, first off, it, it must be running water. That was their argument. Yes, It had to be there, running there water. There are
0: people that are still holding that, by the way. In the river. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, if it's not running water, the Didache says, if that's you can't find that. It needs to be cold water. But if you can't find cold water, lukewarm, I guess, will do. That's basically <laughs> what the Didache says. And then it goes, and if you can't submerge them, you must pour water over their head. Three times, once to the Father, once to the Son, once to the Holy Spirit. So, I mean, there's all these rules that are handed down. Sounds like the
0: Jews, doesn't it? Oh, man. I mean, we've taken what God has given us, and then we start adding all these rules to it. it. So, Okay, but let's look at uh, the details here about what he says about eating and drinking unworthily. Yes. Um, Okay, verse 27 of 1 Corinthians 11, it says, um, well, first off, let's go to verse 26. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. I'm reading in the ESV now. Okay. Okay. Whoever therefore eats the bread and drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner Hmm. will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Yeah. Okay. Given the context of what these people were doing, Okay, It's not about the fact that they were in sin or that they had sin in their lives or it was not, wasn't about them having to consecrate themselves in some right. way in order to be clean enough or worthy enough in order to take the, the, this, this memorial. It's about the manner being worthy, yeah, worthy of God. So not you personally, but the manner in which you partake of it needs to be something that is honoring to God. It says you proclaim, you're proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes. So that doesn't mean you're filling your gut and getting drunk. Right. That means that you are taking this in memorial. Yeah. And so you're doing it with him in mind. Right. And so I think we overthink this where, and, and even we could even take this further down when it talks about, you know, if you do, if you don't do it, Okay, well, it even says right there in verse 29, for if anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body Mm. eats and drinks judgment on himself. So in other words, if you're taking something and you're saying, this is the body and blood of Jesus, so you're claiming this is a communion I'm taking of, but I'm going to get fat and drunk off of it, (laughs) then I'm not discerning, I'm not honoring, I'm not... Remembering right. the sacrifice, I'm not doing any of those things. Um, then that's when I ju- I'm drinking judgment upon myself because right. I am blaspheming.
1: Oh yeah, it's a very it's a very big thing because basically what you're doing is you're taking something that is precious and rubbing it in the dirt and going, yeah, this is worth, you know, this, you know, I'm going to,
0: I'm going to use it to sin. Exactly.
1: Instead of, you know, Romans, when Paul says, are we to continue sinning so that grace may abound? Certainly not. And this is exactly what he's talking about here. Mm -hmm. You know, is we're using the Lord's supper as a condition to be gluttonous and fat and, and horrible, you know? And so, yeah. And that's what he's talking about. Yeah. So, here's the question. Is he talking about if you told a lie uh and then you go to church and you're like, "Oh, did I repent of my sin before I take the Lord's supper?" Because there is this thought out there. Yeah, yeah. Prevailing that if you have been sinning a lot and you haven't gone to the Lord yet, gone Forgive me this one and this one and this one and this one and, mm-hmm. this one and listed them out. Then you're unworthy to take the Lord's supper, and so when it comes by, you better not take it, Mister. Or you know you're going to be drinking condemnation on yourself. Yeah.
0: Well, I think that does, in honestly, that does more dishonor to Christ than it does honor. Exactly. Because it, what we're saying is that I have to be clean of my own works before I can come unto Christ. In other words, I'm not leaning on Christ to clean me. I am going to do so through prayer or whatever, so or, or penance or right. I, mean, I know as we were I was as I was reading some of this uh, back whenever the Eucharist was being legislated a certain way. One of the things that, that uh, I believe it was Justin Martyr also was talking about. No, it was Cyprian was talking about yeah. how you have to go through penance and you have to go to confession and you have to. Because you have to cleanse yourself right. before you can partake of this. Yeah. And the thing is, you can't cleanse yourself. No. And even when, even if you're in prayer for forgiveness of of, of things or whatever, the minute you say Amen, you you are back in sinfulness. Exactly. Because uh, there are so many sinful thoughts. There are so many. Okay. If if I if I prayed to to God and say, Hey forgive me for not loving my brother more or forgive me. I mean, these are sins, right? Forgive right. me for, um, for being, uh, a gossip or for not feeding the hungry or whatever. The minute I say, amen, it, it, are the hungry fed? <laughs> no, no, this <laughs> isn't, this is a sensible mission. Cannot be you're still in the sin exactly. of omission. Even when you say, right. Even when you're done getting quote unquote forgiven, like it happens at a one time event, right?
1: Well, my argument is this. Uh, okay, so if you if you're really believing that uh, uh, that you're not forgiven, or if you really believe that you're taking unworthily because you're in sin, think about this. When did Christ uh, forgive your sins? Mm-hmm. He died once for all, past, present, future. He died for all your sins. You don't have to continually in this is another argument. You don't have to continually go, oh, I've got to confess this sin and this and this yeah. and this one, or like when you, I die, I won't go to heaven. You build
0: I, up all this sin, and then you dump it out, and then you build it all right. up, and you well, dump that, it is, out. that means if you die anywhere other than prayer, you're going to hell. Exactly.
1: And so that that's not what that is. And so whenever <clears> we look, <throat> take that and apply it to the Lord's Supper, why is it that we think that it changes all of a sudden and we have to repent before we take the Lord's Supper? Yeah. And I think that the verses that solve it really are – 31 and 32 of this chapter, when he says, If we properly evaluate ourselves, we would not be judged.
0: Mm -hmm. But
1: when we are judged, we are disciplined by the Lord so that we may not be contemned with the world. The point of that is this. When we look at ourselves and realize how dirty
0: we are, Mm We won't be judged. That he actually is the one who makes us worthy of the body.
1: And that's the whole reason we take it, Mm -hmm. is to commemorate the fact that he
0: has made us worthy. Yeah. So that's why, and once again, look at the wording here. It doesn't say that he, whoever partakes of it and is unworthy... It doesn't say that. It says whoever doesn't partake of it in a worthy Manor. manner. Right. It's not you who has to be completely cleansed and clean and pennant and no. all that. It's it's your it's your mindset that has to be right. It's your intentions yep. that need to
1: be. So get in the right mindset before you take it. Focus on on Christ is what what Paul is trying to say throughout this entire thing. Right. He's saying you guys are not with your agape feast, with your party, with mm-hmm. your gluttonous party. You are not focusing. On Christ, yeah. You need to focus on Christ. That's the plan. most
0: important thing that Jesus said in the whole thing. Was this do in remembrance of me? Of me, yeah. So, I mean, Jesus Himself didn't say uh, you need to go to through penance and you need to do all this other things. Right. You need to do restitution to me before I can actually honor your remembrance, right? I mean, it, I guess the best
1: for me, the best example of this, if I were if I were to put this in layman's terms, when when you think about baptism. Uh, you don't go to the swimming pool and go swimming and jump off the diving board and party and yeah, play I'm basketball I'm going to get baptized
0: and, and then cannonball right you, you don't do all that what do you do
1: you're actually doing something for right. a symbol you know a that's reason. a
0: great that's a great comparison yeah it's like uh just because uh, let's say people were getting baptized by doing cannonballs into the pool <laughs> right well yes they would they could be Doing that reprimanded for that in an unworthy way because manner. it wasn't in a worthy way <laughs> in which forget. they were doing it.
1: I baptized a kid one time and he frog swam out of the baptistry. It was really fun, it was just cracked me up. But you know, I'd, I'd compare that as going, Okay, did you really? You know, are you, are you thinking about what's happening here? Are right, you remembering right. this? Commemorating this? This is so funny, but uh, yeah, that's that's exactly what this is talking about. It's mm. not again, it's not. Condemning you. Because
0: you're never, honestly, if we're going to look at it that way, you're never worthy. No, you're not. And you're, I'm not. and You're never going to be worthy. Yeah. You're never going to be good enough. So why bypass the memorial? Right. Why cheat yourself and Jesus out of the opportunity to remember him? Right. Just because of your own self-consciousness.
1: So when you come to it, you go, Lord, I see that I'm not worthy. Thank you for being worthy on my behalf. And let me live a life... In commemoration of that Amen And that's That's
0: the whole point
1: So Ah Good topic Yeah man. Great. And
0: dude Like I said We could go on and on There's tons oh, To did. talk about About yeah. the history of this stuff And, and everything And other things uh, Like how often you do it And whatever But Right We'll leave those Those discussions For another time Right The Theonauts are part of The Great Commission Transmission Network Using new media And social networking To go into all the world And to proclaim the good news To everyone To find out more or to partner with us, visit us at gctnetwork.com or theonotspodcast.com. Subscribe to the newsletter and stay up to date with all the latest from our shows, including Finding Christ in Cinema.
1: There are several ways to contact us and leave us feedback. Send us an email to theonots at gctnetwork.com.
0: Call us on our voicemail line at 972-885-7270. Listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher
1: Radio, or your favorite podcast portal. Don't forget to leave us a comment there and rate us.
0: Tweet to us on Twitter using at @theonautical, Theonautical. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Theonots.
1: Follow us on Instagram at Theonauts, and don't forget to tune in again to explore the vast reaches
0: of God's Word with us. All right, Jeremiah, thanks for being here. Thank you, David. God bless. This has been Theonauts Podcast. Call us with your questions or comments at 972-885-7270. That's 972 972-
1: 85-7270. Love to hear from you. You are tuned in to the GCT Network. This is your Great Commission. This is your Great Commission transmission at GCTNetwork.com. This is your um. Great Commission transmission. This is your Great Commission transmission.